Um, wanted to ask you about Kobe real quick. You feel like you've grown up with him, just not being very far from each other and being around the same age. What's different about him this year? Um, he definitely has the fire that I was talking to, right? Um, he ain't taking, he ain't taking, can I cuss? He ain't taking crap from anybody. Um, and uh, that's good. That's really, especially for wrestling, that's so good. You know, it's not, it's not a team sport. It's a team sport, but it's not a team sport. And um, that's huge, right? Don't take crap from anybody. You go do your thing and you hammer down. Is that just time in the room and development and maturity? Or where do you think the, the flip switched for him? I think him being the guy is a huge part of it. Um, it's a huge part for everybody, all the guys. If you're the guy, it's, you got you to gotta be the guy. Otherwise, you're not going to be the guy. <laughs> and that's just how, that's how it's going to be, right? Number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a CAM bus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I'm going I'm to put a plug in because we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby, tell if I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. Happy Thursday, January 19th, second time that we are chatting this week. Um, if you didn't listen to the episode from earlier this week, please go check that out. Me and Rock Harrison broke down Iowa's 27-9 win over Northwestern from last Friday. On today's show, looking ahead to this Friday, Hawkeyes are going to host 5th-ranked Nebraska, Carver Hawkeye Arena, 8 p.m. start time. That'll be on Big Ten Network if you aren't in the building. I'll be in the building. Uh, first part of today's show, we're going to hear from Iowa coach Tom Brands as well as Iowa wrestler Nelson Brands. Wide range of topics with those two guys. And then second part of today's show, linked up with IA Russell's Lars Underbach to preview the Ed Winger Classic at Urbandale. Always a routinely tough high school tournament, but especially so this year. Absolutely loaded tournament. Um, over 100 ranked wrestlers are going to be there. The top four teams teams from Iowa's Class 3A are all going to be there. Um, No such thing as a mini-state tournament, I don't think, but it's about as close as we're going to get um, at Urbandale on Saturday. So Lars and I do our best to break down all the interesting angles and fun weights from that tournament. We'll get to that on the second half of today's show, but we're going to start today's pod. A couple of interviews had in Iowa City earlier this week. Got to link up with Iowa coach Tom Brands and Iowa wrestler Nelson Brands to uh, discuss the Hawkeyes' upcoming duel against Nebraska. Should be a fun one. Iowa, I think, on paper, handily favored, but going to be some intriguing matchups, right? 141 pounds. You got Real Woods and Brock Hardy, 157. Kobe Siebrecht, can he keep it going? He's got top-ranked Peyton Robb, um, 174, Nelson Brands, Mikey Labriola, who's been wrestling really, really well lately. A lot of interesting matchups here, going to be really exciting. Um, hopefully it's actually a full sellout crowd at Carver on Friday, because I think that could be a really fun way to kick off the week. Um, so yeah, got to talk to Tom about that Um he uh, he opened with a little bit of incentive that maybe his team is feeling because there's a little bit of disrespect from one media organization that does collegiate rankings. I'll let you guys listen and figure out which one he's talking about. But then we also talked to Tom about Nelson, about Kobe Siebrecht. Uh, he listed a couple of guys at both 33 and 49, so obviously asked him about Um, what's going to go into those decisions. And then we also got to talk to Nelson Brands about wide range of things. Got to talk to him a little bit about um, really kind of his uh, uh, love for hiking. Um, That's something he's really developed over the last few years. If any of you guys follow Nelson on social media, as you know, he uh, spends a lot of time in the off season um, doing his 14ers. Um, And he chronicles that uh, various stories, various posts. Um, So we really kind of got to talk to him about, uh, you know, how he got into that, um, you know, why he kind of developed a love for it and um, really kind of how it helps his wrestling a little bit. We're able to kind of bring it full circle there. So really interesting conversation there with Nelson. Um, In the conversation with Tom, we also asked him a little bit about that and what he thinks of Nelson's new um, escape from wrestling, I think is kind of the way that he phrased it, if I remember correctly. But really interesting conversations. Got about 10 minutes with each of them. We'll start that. Uh, we'll start today's show with those conversations now. We'll go Tom first and then Nelson afterwards, and then I'll catch you guys on the other side before we hit uh, our conversation with Lars. Uh, so enjoy, and I will catch you guys here in a minute. Basket coming up on 
uh, Friday. What uh, what does Nebraska bring to the table? I just saw they're the number two ranked team in the country. So we got to be ready, but we got to be ready anyway. So I was looking for a, actually a weigh-in sheet on track wrestling. And track wrestling and flow now are owned by the same people. So I saw the flow, um, something about number two ranked team. I didn't read it, didn't pay any attention to it much, except I saw the headline. So maybe if some guys need more incentive, maybe that's enough incentive. But, you know, our dialogue and rhetoric is always the same. We got to be ready to go. Um, he just walked in the room, but Kobe Siebrecht, um what have you liked about the way he's developed over the last few years and especially this year? When you get an opportunity and it looks like the weight class may be by committee and you grab a hold of it and you don't look back, that's what we like. And the thing is, probably as accountability and um, probably competitive spirit would be better, like when things don't go his way, he internalizes it, he's accountable. Um, he certainly doesn't, um, you know, take it on the chin. He wants to do something about it, and that's what, what we like. Are those traits he's always had, or has that developed over the No, I think he's always been competitive, but when you get to this level, it's about, you know, being where you want to be in matches and then being able to force things to go your way so you're putting points in the board in your favor. And you can talk about techniques and positions and – top bottom neutral and speed and strength and quickness and everything like that but there's something inside of you that you know that you have that you know makes you who you are on the mat and the qualities that he has inside of him that maybe you can't put your fingers on are the ones that um where he can turn it around and we got to get a little more consistent but um He'd missed some mat time and didn't have a good performance and then stormed back. And he internalized that in a very healthy way, um, angry at himself, um, and worked on his demons, and that's how you do it. Make it go your way. What do you think the biggest reason is that he's wrestling with so much more confidence this year? I think that there's something inside of him that is not, not willing to share. Might be that simple, so... He's going to be up here in a minute, and he can address it himself. How have you seen Cade Seabrook grow as a wrestler in his time here? Cade? Uh, he's been here, what, a, a semester and a month or so. Um, brothers are a great thing. Um, this family is tight. Uh, Kobe and Cade are tight. Um, Cade is on a good trajectory. A uh, lot of work to do. Um, young guy, had competition at the Soldier Salute and will be at the Pat Flash Flanagan Open on January 28th. Could you kind of describe Nelson's personality away from wrestling a little bit? Uh, I've known him a long time, so um, he's laid back, he's, um, um, he's funny, he's competitive. I would say that um, he's a guy that is, I mean, all of our guys are popular with their teammates, but I think that he's probably a guy that likes to um, be with his teammates in adventurous extracurricular activities that are on the not extreme side of adventure but getting there and sometimes um, you know the head coach would like guys to be a little less um, maybe danger seeking but um, there's a lot of time to do that when you're done competing um, but he does not let the grass grow under his feet and he's always been that way. He's always been that way. And the best story I can tell is one time him and uh, my oldest, his oldest cousin um, from the brand side of the family, they got into it a little bit and um, Nelson's nose was bleeding and he was just holding it out so it didn't get on his shoes or his shirt. And 
I went out and it was in the backyard. I said, what's going on? And he just kind of said, my nose is bleeding. And he just let it bleed and he was laughing. That, that's, the, that's the best story that I can tell. He just takes it in stride. So you and Terry aren't much for 14ers? What's that? That you and Terry aren't much for 14ers? Uh, I think in, when you're getting to this age, you are still. Um, and even though you're about those activities, um, you're awful slow. And so we always say, do not wait, go. Um, nobody needs to babysit us. We're not to that point yet. Um, but they do storm the top. And they get there, and they get there quick. And when you're young, there's things like those things like altitude sickness, stuff like that, because that can bite you. Um, they don't bite you as much. Up and down quick. And he's got some friends that are pretty doggone good at it too. So anyway, this we want to stick to wrestling right now. That's what. Is there I any connection with wrestling with the mentality that? kind of transfers over? I, I think there is. I think that he is all business when it's time to be business, but when he's away from the sport, he wants to be away from the sport. And that's where, like for me, you know, when I look at my career, you know, you got a lot of time to do that when you're, when you're retired. So we don't have to rush off into the abyss. Um, I don't want this conversation to sound like I'm down on him. I'm just telling you, that's a normal conversation between a coach and an athlete. And, and you're talking to a coach that's fanatical about the sport of wrestling. And when I competed, there wasn't a lot of outside room for anything, including some things that are sacred to most people. So there you go. Um, speaking of just that all immersive <clears throat> whatnot, um, just throwing yourself fully into the sport. Um, does it seem like Kobe's really benefited from that over the last few years? I know he was a multi-sport kid in high school. I think that there's something inside of certain guys that when it's, it becomes competitive and you finally have the chance. And so I look at last year, well, Caleb Young had been a anchor at 157 for how many years? And, you know, Kobe Seabrook was at 49 in, in any way, but... Um, I just, there was probably a bigger roadblock there. And so he naturally grew in the off season, um, naturally made the decision to go to 157. And, you know, we had talked to both him and Rachi about, you know, unless you're just blowing Mirren's doors off, um, you know, Mirren's gonna be the guy. We trust Mirren. So you're probably better off to go to 149. Um, and Seabrick's probably more of a natural 57-pounder than Rachi, but Ra that's why Rachi went to 57. And there was a close match there where Seabrick won the scramble at the end in the wrestle-off. And that wasn't the end-all. That wasn't the end-all. The end-all is, is when it's your spot, what do you do with it? And there was a point this season when we did dual time with them. It was a trip um, to New York. And Seabrick was a soldier. And when you watch a guy, uh, when you're communicating to him that he's going to sit and the other guy's going to go, and you watch how his reaction is, and he just went about his business, took care of his business, uh, still did the things that competitors do to get ready, if called upon, knowing that he was sitting. And that's a, a sign of maturity and, and, you know, not really being rattled by you know, things that are outside of his control. And he just, I don't think in his mind, he was ever um, in his own mind in danger of relinquishing the spot. I mean, I don't think, I think he's very confident that it's his spot and it's become his spot. What are your plans for 133 this, uh, this Friday? Uh, all hands on deck. Well, we'll go into that decision. That in 49-2. You gonna let me off the hook here, James Allen? Yep. <laughs> hey, thanks. Awesome. We'll see you Friday night. All right, thanks, Tom. Well, Nelson, one of the things that's uh, uh, become evident kind of following you on social media is kind of the love for the outdoors and specifically climbing. And 
and stuff like that. Where where did that kind of develop, or, or how did you kind of get into? Uh, um, on a trip thing? with my girlfriend, who is now my fiance, uh, in 2019, I went to Telluride and I kind of learned about 14ers and 14,000 foot mountains. Um, I knew that there's a limited amount of them and I'm a huge OCD guy like if there's like a list of things to do then I want to do them um, especially things that are not considered easy easy um, so there's 58 14ers in Colorado and there's 96 in the United States and it's just something that I've like kind of picked up as a hobby um, I know in the past before then I was really really into video games I still am into video games but I wanted something to like kind of take away from video games because Video games don't really offer much to you, you know? Um, it's just kind of time wasting. Um, but 14ers are a great way to, I think it adds to my wrestling in um, some aspects. And obviously you can't become too obsessed with anything if you want to be good at wrestling or the best you can be at wrestling. Um, but I absolutely love 14ers. I love doing them with my friends. I love doing them alone. I did a few alone this, uh, this summer, which is just, it's eerie, but it's really mind opening. And um, get you thinking, you know, and then when you're done, you really appreciate be, having that time with your friends and family and uh, fiance. How many have you uh, scaled or climbed, whatever the terminology? Um, I've attempted 23, I've done 22, so I've only failed once. And the first one I ever did was the one I failed. Um, <laughs> I had jeans on, I had uh, tennis shoes on, I didn't have any of the gear that I have now that I've. Uh, and I didn't do any route finding or weather checking and all that stuff. Um, it's a lot of time that's put into it, and uh, I try to do. Uh, I'm going to try to do a winter summit every winter now too. And the winter season goes till uh, about the first week of April. So after nationals, I try to get one in. Um, I did last year, and that's really, really not easy, especially without snowshoes because I forgot snowshoes last year. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I love it. Um, I really really like how to ask my wrestling. That's basically what I love about it. I love that it um, builds your shape. Uh, you know, you're hiking at 13,000, 12,000, 14,000 feet. It is not easy on your lungs. It really um, has to push your limits, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. And I, I love it. I love it. How did you fail? Like, did you just, like, how does that work? Did you just well, not get to the top? Um, or? It was early June, so there's still a lot of snow, probably two or three feet. And I was in jeans, which jeans are get heavy because they're cotton. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm soaking wet, uh, super heavy. Um, my girlfriend was actually, I left her about a mile down from where I was at that point, And I knew she'd be fine, but I didn't want to make her wait too long. And it wasn't worth the risk for me, especially since I didn't have a route, didn't have a GPS. I just wasn't prepared. And I'm not willing to risk my life, but I am willing to risk like uncomfort uh comfortability you know like i want to i i like to be uncomfortable i really do and i like to be alone because it tests your mind too so it's all those things add into that i guess there's so much more to this than just going to the top exactly exactly <laughs> you know seeing some of the views and seeing some of the pictures you know it almost looks like there's a spiritual element to it um you know is that is that part of it as well well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a God-fearing person, and uh, I absolutely love that God created this world for us, and um, especially when it's in its raw, natural form, you know? Um, just it's crazy that mountains just rise up from the ground, and I mean, from the Tetons, which are the newest mountains in probably the world, but especially in the United States, to the Rocky Mountains, which are ancient. It's just so cool to me, especially being able to traverse through those with no phone service or anything like that. Did you actually propose to your yeah. girlfriend on one of the... Yeah, um, um, 14 or outside of Vail uh, called Mount of the Holy Cross, which is the main reason why I chose it because of its name. It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't the most fun to hike, but <laughs> it was. it is my favorite now because that is where I proposed to Olivia on, yeah. Um, and that's just cool, and I, she loves doing them too, and uh, she's done like five or six, so I, hopefully she keeps doing them with me because I like having her as company too. Tom talked about his role as a head coach, and sometimes in the off season you see that from one of your athletes, and you're like, "Hey, maybe reel it in a little bit." Uh, have you ever gotten one of those messages? It's like, "Hey, maybe, uh, maybe wait till after." Oh yeah, um, and I do wait till after for sure. Um, I think what he wants is he wants me to focus on my wrestling, which 
I love I love wrestling. Absolutely, it's why I enjoyed college. I wouldn't have gone to college without wrestling, um, and I love that education system here. But I just would not have gone. I was on trade school or something. And uh, wrestling is my number one investment, right? Um, it's what I poured my body into. It's what I poured my time into, and it's what I love the most. Um, I think part of the mountain climbing is the fact that I realized that wrestling takes a toll on your body a little bit. And uh, mountain climbing could do for an extremely long time if you take care of your body. Um, and I just wanted that hobby that's not video games, like I said earlier. Um, and I, I know exactly where Tom's coming from, and I try to focus on that uh, as well. One of the things that he talked about was kind of your uh, mentality or, or maybe your personality outside of wrestling, and it's kind of laid back and go with the flow. Talked about a fight with a cousin in the backyard where you had a bloody nose and you're just more concerned about making sure it didn't get on your shoes and yeah. shirt. Do you remember that? Which cousin? Uh, oh man, I don't know if I remember that. I, I remember that, but I also remember many other bloody noses and bloody shirts and bloody faces and um, remotes being thrown at heads and pieces of wood being hit over knees and all sorts of things. Uh, I'm a very, very competitive person and. Uh, I'm also really laid back though when something's not competitive. You know, if we're just chilling, then I'm gonna be chill. I'm not gonna be super hard nosed like maybe Tom or Terry are. You know, um, but I am very competitive, and I've had instances with my teammates too. You know, um, where we are doing something competitive like basketball, which we should not be doing. Um, we're terrible at it, uh, and just football. You know, and um, I want to pour that more into my wrestling. Going back to wrestling is that I just when something's getting competitive, bring out that fire, right? Bring out that um, that intensity uh, that allows you to be a better competitor. You know, you had some adversity to start the season, but how do you feel your wrestling is going now uh, once you're in the Big Ten season? Um, I'm not exactly loving how my wrestling's going. Uh, it's really not coming easy right now. Um, lots of personal talks with Tom and Terry and Morningstar and Telford for sure. Um, this this season is pretty personal, but um, you know, I've had five matches in a year and like three months, so two months. So it's, it's rough, but um, with time, you know, that's when your time, with, with time comes your timing, comes your speed and your angles and learning how to wrestle again. And not that I forgot how to wrestle, but it's, uh, it's definitely not coming easy, especially with um, injuries to like a between the ears thing just getting more reps to build that confidence up exactly yeah I think uh, confidence is definitely a piece and I think there's so many pieces of the puzzle that um, you know you stay in that 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 prayer that um, self-talk uh, makes you a better person too you know going through adversity especially for me for the last year or two years um, it's been it's been rough, so that the adversity helps you with life, you know, not just wrestling. And um, that's something that I'm learning and you know maturing as I've been in college. You feel like you put a few of those pieces together at the the end of that Northwestern match last Friday. You were able to score a few takedowns there in the third. Yeah, um, definitely not what I wanted that match to look like either. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, but um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep plugging away and keep with that self talk and. Um, trusting myself, being positive, you know, not being, not turning to the negative side of things. Awesome stuff there from Tom and Nelson. Always appreciate their time and, um, you know, especially Nelson there, just kind of opening up about, uh, you know, maybe some of the struggles he's had a little bit this season, um, you know, kind of don't always get super honest moments like that, I think, from athletes. So when we do, I really appreciate, uh, you know, just the opportunity to talk to him about some of those things and what he's going through. And, you know, I think a huge part of our jobs as journalists and as sports writers is, yeah, we're writing about games and results and whatnot, but we're also writing about people. Um, so be kind of curious to see, you know, how Nelson continues to handle things moving forward. Um, obviously got a big test coming up this Friday against Mikey Labriola and, uh, you know, obviously we're going to be seeing how he does the rest of the season. So, um, always great to chat with those guys. The rest of today's show going to be a high school wrestling breakdown. We're going to talk, uh, Ed Winger classic coming up at Urbandale this Saturday, um, called on Lars Underbach from IA Russell to discuss the action. This is going to be an absolutely loaded tournament, 
Um, I can't wait to watch it. I hope you guys will be either in the building or following along online. Um, just a lot of great action that's going to be going down. So uh, full disclosure, did record this conversation with uh, Lars and I on Wednesday yesterday. Um had a change of plans into how this pod was ultimately structured, um, which is why we've got a little bit of a jump cut here to get to that conversation. But we'll go to that now, and then uh, that conversation will take us through the end of today's show. So appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Lars and I breaking down the Ed Winger Classic at Urbandale High School. Here you go. And to do that, I brought on maybe the only other super diehard Iowa high school wrestling fan outside of me. I know there's more, um, but I really enjoy our conversations on the floor at the well. This is Lars Underbaki from IA Russell. Lars, how are you doing, my man? Doing well. Just uh, trying to prepare myself for all this wrestling that's going to be coming over the next couple months. Postseason's almost here and uh, no sleep from here on out, right? Dude, I love and hate how fast the season goes. Like, I love it because that means we get all these, like, high-powered, amazing tournaments in such a small period of time. But I hate it because it's like, you know, maybe at least from my perspective, like it's like, okay, we put high school football to bed before January, and then we, like, tie up, you know, all state teams and stuff. And then by then, it's like Christmas, and the next thing you know, it's January 19th. And it's like, whoa, okay, the postseason's here. We need to probably get rolling if we want to do some fun stuff. Um yeah, I love it and I hate it, um, but it's crazy that just, you know, we're, what, less than 10 days from the girls' postseason, which means, you know, boys' regional duels are right around the corner, and the next thing you know, we're all going to be at the well for four days in mid-February. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I got, you know, two little boys. I'm preparing for kids' districts. We got high school going, everything else. It's just going to be a crazy couple months here. Absolutely. How are they doing? Are they enjoying their season? They are. My little guy hasn't quite figured it out yet, but eighth graders having a good year, and uh We'll see how the postseason goes. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, still a couple weeks out from the boys high school postseason, but we're going to have like a postseason feel. I feel like this Saturday at Urbandale, the Ed Winger Classic, always, always a tough tournament, but this year specifically just absolutely loaded. Um, you and I were talking before we hit record here. Um, 10 total ranked teams, nine from the state of Iowa, plus Blair from Nebraska, which includes Class 3A is number one, number two, number three, and number four. That's Waverly Shell Rock, Bettendorf, Southeast Polk, and Fort Dodge. Um, other ranked teams, you've got Green County in the mix, 2A is number seven. Got Emmitsburg from 1A as well as Underwood. Also got Joaquin Northwest and Johnston in the mix. And then over 100 ranked wrestlers, if you include the Nebraska boys coming in from Blair, right around 100 or so um, from the state of Iowa including all three number one ranked wrestlers at 132 pounds. Lars, we got a lot to get into to break down this tournament, but let me start here. Big picture question, and it could have multiple answers. What are we hoping to learn from this tournament, from the teams that are here, from the wrestlers that will be here, from the competition? What do, what are you hoping to take away from the Ed Winger this Saturday? Well, I think a couple main things, you know, and I know we hit on a little bit off camera and we'll probably talk about it a little more, but the team race, obviously see where that kind of shakes out. But to me, uh, one of the big things I'm looking is all the young guys, right? So you have all these, you know, freshmen from Bettendorf that they've been challenged like crazy already and they're proving themselves, but you know, this is another big, big opportunity for them against a lot of Iowa kids. You know, they went to the clash and saw some out of state guys. Now they're wrestling some Iowa guys. Um, and then you also throw in like, you know, Justice Jessaroga, you know, where exactly does he fit? Uh, you know, can Drayshawn Ross knock off Hagerty? Um, you know, there's a lot of really, really intriguing freshmen, young guys in this tournament that uh, we'll see how they do with with this kind of competition and, you know, some of the upperclassmen. Yeah, no, I wrote about Bettendorf earlier this week and just those young guys are good, man. And, and yeah. you know, I think a lot of us kind of in the deeper Iowa high school wrestling bubble have have kind of, you know, we watch the youth scenes and especially you, you know, you've got kids that are in the youth scene and, you know, you kind of see these waves that are on their way up. And, you know, I don't know that I fully dial in until these kids get to Fargo each summer, but holy cow, man, like this, that stretch, 113 through probably 145 for Bettendorf, all freshmen and sophomores, you know, Jake Knight, Trevino, TJ Kester, we've talked about, Jace Luna's been on fire this season, um, Lincoln Jip, Tycho Carmichael's a guy that we, like that is you know, that is some high-end firepower. 
they got, I mean, they got more sitting on JV right now that are really good. Uh, they have Kester's little brother. Wait till you see this kid next year. He'll be a freshman. Um, just as every bit as good as TJ in my mind, if not better. I mean, they, it's just, the cupboards are completely full with young guys in Bettendorf right now. It's going to be crazy. It's exciting. Um, and, you know, I was thinking, and we were like, we were just kind of talking before we hit record here again, you know, like they, they, like you mentioned, they have been tested quite a bit. They were at the Donnybrook. Um, you know, I know not everybody um, was at the Donnybrook for Bettendorf, but those that did, did very well, right? Like Jake Knight, that was a tough weight. I think he ended up fifth, right? Uh, Jace Luna caught a heater like I've never seen before, right? Knocked off Carter Freeman and Kale Kurtz. Um, you know, gonna, you know, then they went to the clash and, you know, I'm not sure that they were expected to get to the championship pool and end up finishing third overall. And now they're coming here. And, you know, I think there's a lot, a lot of times we see a tournament that's loaded like this and we're like, oh yeah, it's a mini state tournament. Um, this, this may not be a mini, mini state tournament, but it's about as close as you're probably going to get. Right. Like just with the amount of talent here, like this is almost, you know, the heavy portion of the CIML tournament plus, um, you know, you've got Bettendorf in the mix. You've got Waverly Shell Rock coming down. You've got, you know, Blair from Nebraska coming in. Plus Underwood, who's routinely really scrappy in 1A. Green County's going to be there. Emmitsburg, I love the crowd every tournament they're at. Yeah. Like, they've got some dudes this year. Um, it's going to be really exciting to see how the young guys not only handle the competition, but just, like, the atmosphere of the thing. Like, hey, if you do take a tough loss, dude, like you, you got to bounce back in 45 minutes and go again. How do you handle that? Um, you know, they've, they've gotten opportunities to do that at the Donnybrook in the Clash, but um, you know, another opportunity to show, you know, how good are these young guys really? I'm excited to see that. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. The, those good 1A, 2A teams are just getting buried in this tournament right now. We'll see how good they really are. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, of the many, th- you know, I, I like that you brought up a lot of the young guys that are going to be here. Um, you know, and it's not just the freshmen either. I mean, there's been some star sophomores and not just from Bettendorf, you know, like Boz Diaz at Waverly Shell Rock. I know that's a guy we've been talking about for, you know, a year and a half now, but like him and Tycho Carmichael are at the top of 145 right now. Um, you know, 145 is a weight and, and we'll touch on some of these weights that we're super interested in. Top four guys are at that weight. Um, you know, another guy, um, you mentioned Dre Sean Ross, like he's already gotten his hands on McCray Haggerty. So, you know, if they were to meet again, um, you know, and you know, the, he may have to wrestle Denari Mickle as well from Ames, who very talented freshman Drayson kind of gave him the business at the Mendenhall. But, um, you know, we'll see what adjustments were made, you know, in those specific matchups. Um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot here. Um, which is kind of funny because, you know, I, I like to come into these shows with a plan and, and here we are, we had a rough plan coming in and now we're, you know, at least I'm scrambling because I don't know where to go from here. How about this? What weights are you most looking forward to? Because I mean, we we've hinted at this, just loaded. It's seemingly everywhere. What what pick 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 a weight? Pick one. We'll start there and break it down. Well, I think the obvious, you know, one thirty two, right out the gate. You have all three number one ranked wrestlers in the state, all three classes. Um, you know, Kale Peterson and Gable Porter just met not very long ago. Peterson won a great match up there. Could we see the rematch? You know, you just hit on Luna making that run at the Donnybrook, including beating number two Carter Freeman. They could meet again here. You know, how does this get seeded out? Who are we going to see in the semis? And then, you know, just happened to throw in guys like Logan Trenary and Zane Barons. Zane Barons is the ninth highest ranked kid in this weight. He's eighth and three A. That's Bonkers. the lowest of the nine ranked guys in this weight. You know what I mean? Like, it's just insane to think about everybody here, you know. To me, I want to see Freeman and Luna again. Like I say, Luna went on a heater. He had the tournament of his life. Can he do it again? I don't know. I'm super high on Carter Freeman. Um, so I really want to see that again. Obviously, everybody wants to see Peterson and Porter again. That was the hot topic going into that match. You know, a lot of people thought Gable Porter was the best guy in the state at this way. Kale Peterson goes and wins that one. Um, you know, can we see a rematch there? But just crazy firepower to think there's nine ranked wrestlers. You can't even get them all in the quarterfinals. Like it's just going to be wild right from the go at 32. There's going to be really, really good wrestlers, not just at 32, but a few different weights here um, that are going to be on the backside of the bracket very early on Saturday, um, which is kind of wild, but it just speaks to how deep this tournament is. If you were to seed 32, how would you do it? I don't, I don't know. I think in, in my mind, my first gut instinct without a whole lot of thought would be Peterson one off of that win. I'd go Peterson, Porta, Porter, excuse me, Peterson, then Porter, then Luna, and then Freeman, I think. In my if, just straight up, but 
that's putting Kale Peterson and Carter Freeman on the same side right out the gate. Like, that's I mean, that's crazy to think about. Just based on like head to heads, and I'm, you know, I'm sure they're probably going to use track wrestling's formula to do it. That sounds right to me. Um, which, like, you know, hey, like, who does Logan Trenary run to in the quarters, right? Like, that's right. That's going to be bon- bonkers. Um, yeah, Freeman Trenary in the quarters. That's two versus five. Yeah, right. Like that. That's legit a state semifinal match um, right. potentially. Um, I actually think it was last year, if I remember correctly. But yeah, like that's that's a bonkers weight. Um, how about this? Um, I like 145. We kind of touched on it. Boz Diaz, Tycho Carmichael, but then also Johnston's Braden Black Orby, um, Centennials, Lucas Brule, and then you got Dom Rabino, Wes Anderson, and then you've also got guys like Ryan Brennan, who's in that weight from you know class 1A, Aiden Flora coming in, ADM 2A. Um, yes, ADM is in this tournament as well. They got a couple of dudes to keep an eye on. Nick Van Arkel, Aiden Carey, um, Maybe not the star power type weight, but a very interesting weight, especially when you look at the couple of guys at the top, Boz Diaz, Tycho Carmichael. I know they met at Night of Conflict in the preseason. That could be a big matchup if they were to meet with regards to seeding, right? Which, oh, absolutely. Which, you know, looking further down the road, like, you know, you got Waverly and Bettendorf plus Southeast Polk, I think, at the top of the 3A pecking order. We'll see how Fort Dodge fares this week as well. Um that could be a big match, right? Because that's, you know, winner gets the easier path to the finals, quote unquote, right? So that's, that could be very interesting. Or, you know, Braden Black Orby could, you know, catch fire in a bottle and, and just bust everything up. I think that that's just sneaky, intriguing weight to me. Well, yeah, we have 12 ranked guys sitting there. If you include Bonkers. Blair, there's 12 ranked kids in that weight. And I'm going to throw another one in there. Here's a name just for you that kind of uh, said, said the big upset last week, Brett Denhart from Green County. He's been a little under the radar. He's on, he's been on my radar. He hasn't had that signature win. He's taken a few losses. All he does is goes into Perry last week and knocks off Jackson Miller. Um, so he's capable of really throwing a monkey wrench in there too. I know he's not one of the 12 listed, but keep an eye on Denhart. We'll have new rankings out next week. And depending on how he does, I expect him to at least make his way into that top 12 as well. So, I mean, this is just going to be a, a, a crazy way. Like say, maybe not the top, top guys you're thinking of, you know, your Peterson's and Porter's and Freeman's, but. Yeah, anything could happen here. Absolutely. Wanted to ask you about some of those smaller class teams. We talked about Underwood, Green County, Emmitsburg, ADM's going to be here. Um, you know, who I'm looking at the team list right now because this is great podcasting. PCM's going to be there. Um, you know, th- these these smaller class programs who have, you know, maybe not fully loaded rosters like the Waverleys and the Bettendorfs and the Polks. Um, you know, but they, they've got some dudes that could make some serious noise. Um, like if you're, if you're a coach in one of these programs, what, like, what would you, what was your message be going into a tournament like this, where it's just every, which direction is just, you know, state medalist, all American, whatever the case may be. I think more than anything, it's just compete, right? Like, don't be scared, put it out there. You know, it's like we talked about, it's almost the closest thing you're going to get to a mini state tournament. So if that's your goal is to go to state and make waves, this is your chance to prove yourself and just not take a back seat. Um, you know, yeah, you might not go in and make the semis. You might not go in and place, but compete. Don't be scared. You know, that's to me as a, as a coach or as a, as a dad, whatever it might be, that would always be my message of give yourself a chance. You know what I mean? Just don't, don't hide. Don't see the name. Don't see that ranking and, and think that you can't, you don't deserve to be here. You know what I mean? You made the team, you're in the lineup, you're a good wrestler, go out there and, you know, just give it everything you got and try to knock somebody off. Why not you? Heck yeah. Well, and, and in the case of, you know, let's use Green County and, and Underwood as the examples, I, we could probably throw Emmitsburg in there too, but, yeah. you know, Green County and Underwood, like they've got, you know, they've got Kale Peterson, McKinley Robbins and Underwood's got Gable Porter. You know, if, if the Allens, for example, from Underwood yeah. or some of these other guys, you know, uh, Jason Nelson Brown from Emmitsburg, like this this tournament might be tougher than the class one, a state tournament, right. Or at least yeah. like the, the bracket you're going into, like, you know, like you said, like go in and fight and there could be a lot of growth that happens. And maybe we see that pay dividends a few weeks from now at Wells Fargo arena. Um, and, you know, in the case of, you know, like a green County, I mean, I think I brought them up a little bit intentionally because you look at the, the state of class two, a right. Osage sitting up here, yeah. everybody else is just kind of like, 
okay, like what do what what are the what are the pairings gonna look like? What are the pads gonna look like? Um, you know, there's a few dudes from Greene County, like maybe the, you know the guys behind Kale and McKinley who could learn a thing or two from a tournament like this. And how much does that help them build confidence? Right, going into the Class Two A state tournament where you know I believe top you know placement play the team places of second, third, and fourth behind Osage, assuming they don't crumble, um, fully up for grabs, you know? And I yeah. think Green County is one of those teams where it's like, you know, hey, if you can learn something from this and if you got some dudes that can perform above expectations, that could help you build confidence going into the postseason. And maybe Green County sneaks in and steals a team trophy this year. I don't know. Like, that's could yeah. this be the beginning stages of that? Well, I mean, if you have two guys that you you legit think are going to be state champions, prize score bonus points in the state tournament, right there puts you in that mix. Right. And then you have, you know, a guy like Gavin Sherman's ranked, you know, just hit on Den Hart, get a few more guys in there. You never know what can happen. You know, there's West Delaware is always going to be in the mix. Your West Burlington, Notre Dame's going to be right in the mix teams like that. But uh, yeah, green County is more than capable. Um, you know, like you talked about Emmitsburg too, you know, maybe they're kind of forgotten a little bit in all this, but that's a really good one. A team, you know, we talked about 145 and how deep it was. Ryan Brennan's ranked number four for Emmitsburg and 1A. We aren't even hardly hitting on him when we're, we're touching that weight. Yeah, I'm not sure where you three A are all there. Yeah, I will top four and seven of the top eight. Um, yeah. you, know, you could go as far as eight of the top 10. And what's that, nine of the top 12? You know, where, where do right. you put Aiden Flora and Ryan Brennan? Like, right. you know, matchups matter, but also at the same time, like, yeah, kind of interested to see how they do there. Like 45 is a sneaky fun weight, you know, not just because one, two, three, four is there from three A, but also like you mentioned, Ryan Brennan, Aiden Flora, and um, you know, a handful of other guys there that can make some noise. I that's you know, sneaky fun weight, but I feel like every weight here is gonna be fun in one form or another. Like just yeah. I don't know, just super exciting. Um, we started this conversation with weights to watch. You mentioned you mentioned 32 to start. I mentioned 45. What's another weight you're really looking forward to watching this weekend? Uh, I really like 126 too. Um, you have, I think it was what seven of the top eight guys or something like that in class three A. So you're missing those top two. So maybe you don't have that, you know, crazy star power right at the top. But we hit on those young guys. Cody Trevino's uh, one of the kids from Bettendorf. I've been watching for years. Been super high on. You know, he could get a shot at at Hinson, Birma, King. Some of these guys he's not necessarily going to see all year. Being on the eastern side of the state, um, you know, kind of where does he match up? Obviously, the big the big thing at 126 is this year is no Nate Jessaroga, right? So everybody starts to think, you know, Cal Seaton's the favorite, but maybe maybe there's an opening that way. You know, who's who's the other guy? Who's going to come up and challenge Seaton? Is there is there room for somebody to go win that way? You know, Cody Trevino's had a tremendous freshman year. Is he ready to take that next step and and really solidify himself as you know maybe the guy to come up and challenge Seaton for that state title? Um, I don't know. You know, yeah, a guy like Lucas Bose from Underwood, who's ranked two, where does he fit in this mix? You know, he's not super high in 1A, but, you know, we just hit on that small school thing. It's it's a chance for a guy like that to come in and prove himself, too. You don't have that top, top star power. We have a lot of really good guys who are going to be wrestling in Des Moines, right? So, you know, how are you going to match up when you get to that? Absolutely. And I really like the, that you hit on, you know, guys like Trevino, who who may not see a lot of these CIML schools, right? I, I, you've got Ames, you've got Bettendorf, Valley, Waukee Northwest, Fort Dodge, Dowling, Johnston. Um, this is a big opportunity tri- for Trevino in, in the way of, you know, state tournament seating, right? If you show out here and you pick up some wins on some guys that you don't normally see when it comes time to, you know, trying to fit, you know, as long as you take care of business in your district, um, right. This could be huge for him, right? Just setting him up to, you know, make a run at, in Des Moines for at Wells Fargo Arena, um, which will obviously help Bettendorf in the long run. And I mean, that's that's the case for really a lot of these young guys, um, but especially at a weight like 26 that appears to be, you know, I, I think we could probably lightly pencil in Kale Seaton at the top, like you mentioned, yep. um, but a fairly wide open weight, right? Like Jabari Henson gave Kale Seaton all he could handle at the Mendenhall a couple of weeks ago. I was really impressed by that. So um, excited to see where Cody Trevino has grown since, um, you know, I don't remember watching a ton of him at the Donnybrook, but I've been following his results ever since. And just a very impressive freshman wrestler. Yeah. Just a very cool customer. He's just always been, you know, and I think a little bit of, he's kind of been, yeah, everybody's been so high in Jake Knight and talked about Jake Knight his whole life. Right. And Trevino's just kind of been that guy right with him the whole step, you know, workout partner, good friends. 
and he's maybe just hidden a little bit behind night, but he's always just been that hammer, just waiting in the wings and he's really getting his opportunity. And so far he's, he's showing how good he really is. Absolutely. Um, in the same vein, I really like 120. Um, now that I'm thinking out loud about this, maybe we should have just gone weight by weight and start, talked about what we liked about every single one, but we're already, we're already into this. So whatever, but in the same vein, I really like 120 um, because you've got two top clear, like clear cut guys, right? Kofax Christensen's their number one, TJ Kester's their number three, both returning state champs. And then you've got a freshman justice, Jess Aroga, who's been very, very impressive this year. Um, took a loss to Kester earlier this year. So you got to think that, Maybe they'll probably meet in the semifinals, depending on how the seeds ultimately shake out. Um, what kind of growth are you showing there, kid? You know, last time you wrestled Kester, he gave he, he won eight one. It was pretty decisive in that epic Polk Bettendorf duel. Um, win that one, then you get another crack at Kofax, right? So then you get able to get your hands on the guy who's pretty much the clear cut favorite at this weight. Um, you know, and that'll be big for for Polk, right? Because that's and we'll touch on the teams here in a minute because I want to get your thoughts on on what this team race means for the bigger team race at large in, in the case of 3A. But, um, you know, that's I, similar to Trevino. Strong performances here could set you up later in the season. Um, so which is, you know, that's this is going to be a big, fun tournament all its own, but there's obviously bigger implications here. So for that same reason, I really like 120. You know, and then there's, you know, Koufax, Kester, Justice, Just Rogan, Max Bishop is a guy who has been around for a while. Um, you got Horniak, you got Peyton Bright, um, maybe not as fully loaded, but still quite a bit of uh, experienced credentialed wrestlers here at 120 as well. Um, yeah, where do we go from here, man? Like this is a this is just are there any other weights we want to touch on before we move to the team race stuff? Cause I there's 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 a lot we could break down if we go weight by weight. Yeah, I mean you really could. You know, I I look at a weight like 13 should be fun. You know, again, we touch on Jake Knight, you know. Are you really up to the task of Drew Ayala? We'll see where you're at. You know, Riker Graf coming down here in Southeast Polk's waiting there with Will Oberbrocklin. You know, these guys were on same team last year. Is there anything, any fireworks going on there? Um, obviously, I'm super excited to see a rematch at 195, hoping we can see Dreshawn Ross and McCray Haggerty again, but you already hit on it. You know, a guy like Denari Mickle, um, AJ Peterson's really tough, Harrison Gibson. I mean, there's some some guys here too. Can they weather that storm and meet each other again in the finals would be a lot of fun, so. Absolutely. And then, to, hey, let's show a little bit of love for the heavyweights, right? One, two, three, four, and three A's there. Um, you got Jorgensen from Emmitsburg, who's also going to be in the mix as well. Um, you know, I, Kale Winter is currently ranked at heavyweight, but I've heard that he may be on his way down to 220. That could be this weekend. If not, um, you know, plus Cooper Martinson, he was a freestyle All-American this past summer. Um, you know, I, hopefully we see all of these guys. I know Carson Hagen hasn't wrestled in quite a bit, um, you know, Maddox Borcharding Johnson from Norwalk has beaten Jake Walker twice. If they meet again, can Walker finally get that one back? Um, just seems to be a guy that just has his number, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, and then Kyler Hall has, you know, I got to watch him at the Mendenhall. He's good, man. Like he is wrestling with a little bit of an attitude this year um, in a good way, just with a lot of really good energy. Um, he kind of goes out and takes what's his. He beat Logan Huckfelt in a really fun heavyweight final at the Mendenhall. Um, so excited to see him, you know, potentially get a crack at, at, you know, a couple of the top three guys. If the, if this weight breaks correctly, I think that heavyweights, heavyweights fun. I know I, I grew up a lightweight, so I didn't always pay close attention to the heavyweights. I am paying very close attention to a lot of the heavyweight wrestlers now collegiately and at the high school level. Those guys are some athletes. Absolutely. Um, 170, I know doesn't have the top guy, but two, three, four, five and three, a, Jace Nelson Brown's going to be there. Jackson Winky has been wrestling really well. Blake Houck is back, um, return and state qualifier. Um, Kaya Fox from Johnston. Um, this one could be really fun too. And I'm excited to see kind of how, I mean, really the entire weight, but really more specifically the top three, how they shake out. Seth Madden from North Scott, Mike Slade from Polk, and uh, Fistler from Dallas Center Grimes. Um, you know, I'm not sure that any of those guys have really seen each other this year. Um, which makes, I think this tournament even all the more important when it comes to state tournament seating, but also, you know, how you stack up against each other, right? Like, I think this could be a really, a, another, one of those sneaky fun weights where maybe not the high end star power, but, um, there's a lot of good wrestlers at that weight for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're all top guys. And, and again, Jason Nelson Brown's number two in one a, I'm kind of interested to see if he throws his, uh, hat in the ring there and can compete with those guys exactly what level he's on, but 
you know, Madden and Fistler, I know, have a common opponent with uh, Drake Collins, one of my top guys in two-way. Both beat him. But I don't, again, I don't know that they've seen each other. Like how how good, you know, what's that matchup like? I know Madden's super dangerous wrestler, um, but Fistler's wrestling really well right now. Obviously, Brett Slade is, is as good as anybody as well. So, like I say, this is going to be huge for probably seeding implications as we get into the postseason here. So, definitely going to be an entertaining wait to see. Absolutely. Seems like all 14 weights are going to be very entertaining, but I wanted to get your thoughts on just the big picture team race. Um, and let's start here. Who do you think wins and why slash how do you think they win it? Because there's the thing I love about this tournament the most is just the, you look at the top four teams in three a, and I think we can start there. Maybe Blair comes in and makes some noise. Um, you know, maybe a Johnson or a walkie Northwest steps up and makes some noise, but I want to start with the top four because you've got Waverly shell rock. Who's got some high end firepower and then a little bit of depth beneath them. You've got Bettendorf that has that string of 13 through 45. Um, and then let's see where they pick up elsewhere. Polk's pretty deep across the board. Yeah. Um, and then Fort Dodge similar to maybe Waverly, a lot of high end firepower. And then let's kind of see where the, uh, where, where the depth pieces come in behind them. Uh, who do you think takes it this weekend with this 2014 field? Oh man, that's a, that's a tough question. So there's also, you know, Southeast Polk's got the most ranked kids, like you said, right? Waverly's got some real top end guys and the other kicker to this again. So not in the rankings yet, but now on the mat, Danny Diaz, you know, what's he going to do for Waverly? What does he throw in? You know, um, if he places high, that's another, you know, top, top level kind of guy, another ranked kid. So I don't know. I look at this. My first instinct is Polk and Waverly. So the thing I'm looking at is Bettendorf's top guys. You've got a guy like Jake Knight's going to have to run into Iowa. Um, you know, we talked about Trevino. He's going to have to beat Henson. You know, Lincoln Jip's been one of their guys that's been super hot. He's got a whole bunch of ring kids ahead of him. So I think those guys place high. Is Bettendorf going to have very many champs? I don't know that they're going to get the guys that on the top of the stand, which I think you're going to need to win this, right? So you look at Waverly's got some champs, right? In your mind, they have a couple number one ranked kids. Um, you know, you got to figure a guy like Carter Pearson from Southeast Polk is going to score a ton of points. You know, some of those guys are going to really separate. And again, that's what, you know, you get to Wells Fargo in February. You need those top, top guys to really score a ton of points to be able to win a tournament like this. Um, so in my mind, I think Bettendorf's really good. I'm not sure that they're the team that's going to win this tournament. In my mind, you know, those young guys are going to place. How high are they going to place? Um, and my first gut instinct is with a guy like Danny Diaz just kind of waiting in the wings. That's kind of that extra little push that I think I'm looking at it. And my first gut instinct is going to say Waverly Shellrock, I think, can pull this out. But man, Southeast Polk's deep. I mean, they just have. <laughs> I think 10 they got dudes guys right everywhere. Now. Yeah, yeah everywhere. Like they're just. <laughs> They come at you at every weight. And again, you know, Pearson, some of these guys, you know, um, to me, you know, we talked on 170, like Slade. Can Slade win this? You know, he's capable. If a guy like that jumps up and gets first in this tournament, that's a huge push for Southeast Polk. And he's more than capable of doing it. You know, they have all this depth, but some of that depth's getting buried. You know, a guy like Harrison Gibson typically is going to score a ton of points. He's got a ton of ranked guys ahead of him. Um, you know what I mean? Like some of these guys over Brocklings are really good, but they have a bunch of rink guys ahead of them. So it's kind of that same thing with Bettendorf of like, you know, if those guys can jump up and get second, third place, that's going to score a lot more points than if they're getting fifth, sixth place in those, you know, those crazy brackets. So I don't know. I mean, could this come down to heavyweight? Does Jake Walker have to win heavyweight for Waverly to win a team title type of thing? You know, like this is going to be just bonkers all weekend long. No, I agree with you. And, and I think, you know, in the same vein where, you know, Waverly's probably got, you know, they've got Ryder Block, they've got Boz Diaz, they've got McCray Haggerty, they've got Jake Walker, a lot of those high-end talent guys. Polk's got Carter Pearson. Polk's got, you mentioned Mike Slade. Um, you know, let's see how some of the young guys fare. But also maybe sneakily kind of, we haven't really touched on it because there's not a ton of dudes here, but 220. Yeah. My guy, Antonio Loving. He's yeah. a junior, and this man shows up for every big tournament. Like, he showed up at the Gardner-Edgerton tournament. He showed up at the Cheesehead. 
there's not a lot of dudes here that are going to be in his way. Ralston Rumley is a guy that has shown that he can he can be had. Um, just maybe the technique is not all the way fine-tuned right now. I know he's a football guy, so he was coming off of that. Hopefully he's, um, you know, in closer to tip-top wrestling form this weekend than maybe he has been when I've seen him in past weeks. Um, but there's a weight where, you know, hey, if, if Polk wins at 220, there's points right. – you know, from the 11th ranked guy that maybe on paper, like, uh, or like, are you expecting that? I don't know. Um, you know, same thing, you know, can, can Harrison Gibson, he's, he's, you know, ranked sixth on paper, maybe seated somewhere in that five, six range. Can he jump into the third place match? Right. right. Um, I, I think Polk's depth, especially in this particular tournament, as deep as it is, might be a little too much. Um, but that does lead me to the second part of this of this team score question is like, how do we how do we take these results and contextualize it in the greater class three A state championship picture? Because it would be very easy to just be like, all right, yeah, the champ here, just move it over, and right. and it's a done deal. I don't think it's that easy. Um, I I don't like what, what what do you what do you think what do you think is the ultimate takeaway from from this tournament potentially? Yeah. I mean, I think it'll tell us a lot. I think it'll obviously, you know, you win this, you become the favorite. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, there are a lot of kids missing, you know, there's, there's some top kids that aren't here. So it's hard to, you know, completely translate it. And, you know, we just hit on 220. you know, if a guy like loving comes in and wins it and scores all those team points, does that really translate to the state tournament? Because again, there's only two ranked guys at 220. This is on paper, the weakest weight here. So he might go out here and score a ton of points and Polk, you know, nips everybody else. And then you turn around and maybe at the state tournament, he's, you know, in a seventh, eighth place match, you know, that's a big point differential from, from being in the finals. So I think there's, you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt, but at the same time, I think, you know, seeing how this shakes out, it's going to be a, a really good indicator of what to expect come February. hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a completely one for one, you know, whatever happens here is what's going to happen in Des Moines, but um, we will learn a lot. We are going to yeah. learn a lot. Um, I think one of the last things I wanted to ask you, Lars, um, and you kind of hinted at it earlier, but get, give me a guy who either is ranked kind of lower or maybe buried in, in a couple of these weights um, that you think has the best shot at making some noise this coming weekend. Mm-hmm put me on the spot here. I mean, there's a few, there's, you know, like say I'm a two A guy. So I kind of threw out a, a couple of names there that I'm not sure, you know, how big, big be, green but, County guy, but you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> big, man. I gotta, gotta support these guys. But uh, I don't know. Um, off the top of my head here. I'm really interested. Like, I think a Harrison Gibson, the guy, you know, I think that's a weight where, you know, maybe, I don't know if he can quite hit those top two guys or not, but I think he's capable of, of jumping up here and beating a few of the others that are ranked ahead of him. Um, you know, and that's, that's big team points. Um, you know, I know he's not ranked, you know, low, but I really like a kid like Tyler Harper out of Norwalk at 106. You know, I don't know if he's got the answer for Carter Pearson, but you've got the number one kid in Nebraska coming in as well. Uh, Hudson Lokes, I think it is from Blair's ranked number one. Um, yeah, I got to assume he's probably going to be ranked higher. That's a, a really good matchup for a kid like Tyler Harper. Um, you know, I know he's ranked high, but that's, that's somebody who I don't think necessarily gets as much love on the, on the state scene as maybe he deserves. Um, you know, that's a really good wrestler there. He's um, a two-time freestyle All-American. Um, yeah, and he, yeah. he's a guy that thrives during freestyle season because you're able to go below 106 pounds. You're able, you know, he wrestled at 94 right. and he was a junior, you know, hundred pounder. Like that's, Guy's good, and I'm glad that he's finally fully growing into 106. I don't know if he's fully growing into 106, but that's he's tough, man. And I'm 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 excited to see it. This will be the first time I've seen him this season live, at least. Yeah. I've been following his results, but um, I guess I'll throw I'm going to throw Aiden Flora in that mix as well from ADM 145. You know, we talked about super deep weight. Um, you know, Flora's just kind of sneakily having another really good year. You know, his brother was a a state champ. Everybody kind of knew who he was, but Aiden's good, man. He's he hasn't uh, maybe had the signature wins to move himself up a little bit higher in the rankings, but I think he's a guy who's capable of, of placing a little higher than some might think in a tournament like this. 
I like those picks. I like those picks. I'll give you two. Um, big fan of the Vandermark brothers from Ankeny Centennial. So maybe this is two and one right here. Um, both of them looked really, really good at the Osage duels. Um, you know, I don't know if Kale at 106, um, you know, I'd like to see him match up with Carter Pearson. I don't know if, if he can conquer that mountain, but you know, Hey, if he, you know, depending on the seeds here, you know, he might run into CP in the semifinals, but you know, not out of the question that he could finish third or, you know, potentially sneak into the finals. If he's on the other side of the bracket, Cody Vandermark, um, I know it's kind of drew Ayala and Jake Knight right there at the top, but you know, Hey, um, you know, Riker Graf has showed that in folk style, sometimes he can be had will over Brockling is just a freshman, you know, can you be that guy that kind of rises there and, and maybe take third at a pretty stacked 113 weight? Um, you know, I really like the way that those two guys have been wrestling. Um, and then one more, I'm gonna go big guy. Um, keep an eye on Colby Gibbons. This is a guy that's been wrestling pretty well. Um, just recently won the Midwest shootout. Um, not the deepest weight out there, but the guy took care of business. He's wrestling a lot more confidently this year. I've only seen him a handful of times. I'm excited to watch him again. I'm really excited to just watch this Johnston team. I think this is a team that, you know, if if anybody up near the top slips, this Johnston team, you know, similar to Iowa City High could be a team that maybe capitalizes just, just they may not have the same amount of firepower as like a City High, but they've got a lot of dudes across the board who I think can yeah. score some points at the state tournament. And Colby Gibbons is in that mix. Um, you know, and this is a guy, you know, maybe tugging at the heartstrings a little bit. I watched him at the 16 U freestyle duels over the summer. Um, and that guy got roughed up pretty good. Um, but I think that's paying dividends now this winter because he is, he's wrestling a lot more confidently. He is, he has been, he's just, he's wrestling better. Um, and I'm really excited to see him in a tournament where there's a lot of dudes at this weight that he's going to have to get through if he wants to get on the podium this year. Um, so I don't know that he's probably going to be on the same tier as like a McCray or a Dre Sean or a Denarian uh, Mickle, um, you know, but he's a, it's, it's slip into that fifth place spot. I don't know that it would surprise me. Fifth, sixth place match. I, I, I think Colby Gibbons more than capable of that. Yeah, I like that pick. Yeah. Um, this was kind of a weird ragtag, a lot of thoughts flying back and forth about the Ed Winger this coming weekend, but um, it's going to be fun. Like, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of dudes that are going to be there. There's a lot of really good teams that are going to be there. I'm excited. Um, Lars, I appreciate you jumping on. Any final thoughts or things to, you know, any, any parting thoughts or things to chew on as we uh, as we head into the weekend and get ready for this banger of a tournament? Uh, thoughts and prayers to our 3A rankers over at IRS. We're trying to sort through these uh... <laughs> results and get rankings out next week. Um, always a, a fun time of year to sort through something like this, but uh, no, I think this tournament's going to, like say, tell us a ton of what to expect come February. It's really going to sort a lot of stuff out. Um, seating wise, you know, it's going to be huge, just huge in the coming weeks. Um, I'm just excited to see it. And there's just so much great wrestling going on all around the state right now. You know, it's not just the winger, but girls are heating up. You know, you were, I know you were at CIMLs last night. You know, regionals are coming up. It's, it's just that time of year, man. It's exciting. It's, I, and I know I'm trying to think the last time we saw a tournament with like this amount of high level teams. And I'm thinking back to like, you know, the, the 16, 17, 18, 19, like CIML tournaments when you had, yeah. you know, Waukee Valley, Fort Dodge, Polk was still pretty good those years. Um, like when's the last time we had a team or we had a tournament with one, two, three, four at it. Like that wasn't right. the state tournament. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to rack my brain and I've been trying to rack my brain all show. And I cannot think of, I cannot, I can't think of it. I also can't think of a time when we had, you know, a weight like 132 this week where there's all three number one ranked wrestlers in the same way and in the same bracket. Yeah. Um, going to be a banger, going to be an awesome tournament. Lars, I appreciate you making some time this week to, to chat some wrestling as, as wild and ragtag as our thoughts were. I really appreciate you making the time and um, geeking out with me for a little while about Iowa high school wrestling. It's been my pleasure, man. You know, I'm always willing to talk a little wrestling. Absolutely. We'll get you back on either before or after the state tournament. It's going to be here in a blink. Um, and I always appreciate our conversations down on the floor when we're running back and forth, catch, trying to catch all the matches. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, but that's all we've got today, guys. I appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back sometime next week. Uh, the hot wrestling continues. Like Lars mentioned, girls regionals are coming up. Also got some pretty big college duels coming up next weekend as well. Um, but we'll get through this weekend first. I always got a Friday, Sunday, doubleheader. header. Um, 
And then Iowa State and Northern Iowa both have the week off. So um, we'll get back in full podcast mode sometime next week. Until then, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to the Des Moines Register to make sure that you guys don't miss any of our wrestling coverage this season. Be sure to check out IA Russell um, for Lars's work as well as all their rankings. Those are the guys I lean on for rankings throughout the year. You guys should absolutely do that too. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. big of a mental thing is that to know you're the guy <laughs> it's pretty big <laughs> it's pretty big um he's stepping in filling those shoes um and he's doing a great job with it and he's my roommate so i love him and i love him more than some of the other guys because they're not my roommate but i also love them too <laughs> all right that's good thank, <laughs> thank you, you.